Easter is a time of celebration, isn't it? And uh, maybe uh, some of you have had chocolate eggs, Easter eggs. Um, maybe some of you have had hot cross buns or simnel cake. Does anyone eat simnel cake? We, we didn't have any. Maybe not. Never mind. Some people eat simnel cake at Easter. Um, <clears throat> but, we, you know, there's a, there's a bank holiday. It's time to take time off, uh, spend some time with friends and family, do something fun, relaxing. Um, but maybe, if you're anything like me, your celebratory mood has more to do with the sun shining and feeling like things are going well for you than what Easter is actually about. Or maybe you're not particularly feeling <coughs> in a celebratory mood. Perhaps you're actually feeling a bit down. Uh, perhaps after over two years of pandemic, you're feeling a bit fed up with it all. I was listening to a podcast this morning and uh, this person on the podcast was saying how they used to move house every couple of years. Every couple of years they would move house and it was difficult saying goodbye to friends and neighbours, moving to a, a new house, a new neighbourhood, a new church and starting all over again. And they said that the, the pandemic felt the same way, felt like moving house, except they were stuck in their house. But it was that same trauma, if you like, that same uh, depression, let's say. Perhaps with the, the cost of living going up, energy prices, bills going up, inflation and everything, you're feeling the squeeze of that financial pressure. How am I going to pay the bills? Perhaps you're fed up of having to see the doctor again or just being under the weather, you know, let alone COVID, there's still coughs and colds and all the other ailments that we used to have before COVID. Or perhaps... You've been struggling with your mental health and just feeling rotten, perhaps even feeling depressed. So you might be feeling down and depressed, or you might be feeling disappointed in life. You had hoped maybe that by this stage you'd be married, you'd, you'd have, have a good job and you'd have started a family. But things haven't turned out that way. Or perhaps you, you've been married for many years and married life hasn't turned out to be the romantic bliss that you had hoped. Or perhaps there, there are issues in the home. There's, there's tension in the home. You feel like this is not how life in the home should be. Or perhaps as you, you look at society around you uh, and hear on the news what's going on in this country, you think you, you had hoped that there'd be more Christians by now, not less. 
and that biblical values, Christian values would be upheld. And yet, on every side it seems they're being attacked and undermined. The sanctity of life is being threatened. Abortion is getting easier. They're they're trying to pass laws for euthanasia. Uh, Divorce is getting easier with all the, the heartache that goes with that. And let's not even get started about sex education in schools and in society. Seems that Christian values are being attacked. We had hoped things would be better. We had hoped there'd be no war in Ukraine. Or at least that it would have been a very quick, short war. And yet, still, the news headlines are filled with the atrocities that are going on in Ukraine. Perhaps you're disappointed. There's a lack of hope. You could even say... You're despairing. Well, the message of Easter is that Jesus is alive and he draws near and says, peace to you. Peace to you. Uh, Again, a reminder, as we come to this passage in Luke's account of Jesus' life, you remember that on Maundy Thursday, they had the Last Supper with Jesus. They ate the bread and the wine together. And that night, Jesus was betrayed by one of his followers, arrested. All his friends abandoned him. And then on Friday, he's nailed to a cross and crucified And laid dead in a tomb. But then Easter morning comes. And the women go to that tomb. And find it empty. And we join these two disciples. Travelling from Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus. And Jesus starts walking alongside them. And yet they don't recognise him. And And Jesus asks them what what they were talking about. And look at verse 17 there. When Jesus asked them what they they were talking about, it says, they stood still, looking sad. You can almost picture it, can't you? They're, They're walking along this dusty road, and this stranger comes along and asks them what they're talking about. And they stop walking. And they look sad. Probably their heads were bowed down, their shoulders drooped. They're feeling downhearted. You could say they were depressed, perhaps. And then they start explaining, uh, they're talking about um, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Verse 21, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. But then he died. We had hoped. You you, you hear the the lack of hope in, in what they're saying. They're disappointed. 
their hopes have been dashed. They're despairing. The, the one that they had been following for the last three years has been crucified. What are they going to do now? They're depressed. They're despairing. But then Jesus comes along and he explains their misunderstanding. So they, they, they describe Jesus as a prophet. Well, yes, a mighty one, mighty in deed and word, it says in verse 19. But they still see him as a prophet. But Jesus comes along and explains to them from the scriptures in verse 26. It says, he says to them, oh, from verse 25 then. O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his, into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What scriptures is he opening up to them? The New Testament hasn't been written yet. Beginning with Moses, the first five books of the Bible, and all the prophets, later on he, he says the prophets and the Psalms, this is how the, the Jews would have referred to the Old Testament. He's talking about the Old Testament here. So right from the beginning of the Bible, right from the Old Testament, it explains that the Christ should suffer and enter into his glory. See, they, they had misunderstood who this Jesus was. He's not just a prophet. He's the Christ. And as they, they, they get to the village where they're going, the village of Emmaus, and they invite them in, and they start to eat a meal together. Verse 30. And when Jesus was at table with them, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And it's at that moment that their eyes are opened and they recognize him. And uh, if we just go back a couple of cha chapters, a couple of pages, back to Luke 22, uh, verse 19, when on the Thursday evening, just a few days before, Jesus had had what we call the Last Supper with his followers. And verse 19 says, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. Almost exactly the same words, isn't it? And he says, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, the cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Matthew adds that this blood is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So at that point, they recognize Jesus. This is not just a prophet. This is the Christ who was to suffer and enter into his glory. The one who gave his body and gave the bread so that we might remember his body broken for us and gave the cup 
that we might remember his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. And when they realize who he is, they're so excited, they've just walked from Jerusalem to Emmaus. <clears throat> you imagine walking all the way from Swansea, town center. You've just arrived back in Clidoch, you're settling down to your tea. And you're so excited, you have to rush all the way back to Swansea to tell everyone else. And they tell the others. They, they told them what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And it's just at that point that Jesus appears to them and says to them, peace to you. Understandably, they're startled. I just happened uh, a couple of nights ago, I, I had a dream. And in this dream, uh, my mother, who died over 10 years ago, she suddenly walked into the room. And I was rather startled. Now that was just a dream. You imagine how these disciples felt when someone they knew had died suddenly appeared in the room with them. You can understand why they were startled. But Jesus reassures them. He says to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. He reassures them. And then he explains to them that this was the plan all along. Just like he had opened up the scriptures to those two disciples on the road, here in this room with the other disciples as well, he says in verse 44, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. Do you remember? I already told you this. Have you forgotten? That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. If you want to know what the Old Testament is about, here is a summary. That the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. It's a, <clears throat> a wonderful story, isn't it? This is the message of Easter. That Jesus is the one who was dead and now is alive. Mostly we talk about people in the past as they, they were alive and now they're dead. But Jesus was dead and now is alive. But what difference does it make to us today that Jesus has risen from the dead? Well, let's look at what difference it made to the disciples. 
So <clears throat> I uh, said at the beginning they were, they were sad in verse 17. They, they stood still and they looked sad. They were depressed, you might say. But then look what happens to them. They're, they're so excited, they, they rush seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell others about what they've, they've, uh, that they've seen Jesus. And then uh, when Jesus appears in the room in Jerusalem, it says in verse 41, while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he then eats uh, uh, some fish in front of them. And then you get right to the end of Luke's gospel, the the second to last verse, verse 52. After Jesus has returned to heaven, ascended to heaven, what do they do? They, They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. That's the difference that the resurrection makes. It brings joy to the depressed. Great joy. We also noticed that the disciples were lacking hope. They were despairing. But then that hope, they had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. But they had misunderstood. They thought he was a prophet. But Jesus explains to them, he's the Christ This is what the Old Testament says, the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, that repentance and forgiveness of sins be proclaimed to all nations. This was all part of the plan. So their hope is restored. The resurrection gives hope to the despairing. They were also doubting, weren't they? When the women told them that the the tomb was empty, it says in verse 11, these words seemed to them an idle tale and, and they did not believe them. Then in uh, verse 38, Jesus says to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? They've not been believing. They've been doubting. But when they see the risen Lord Jesus, when their eyes are open, they recognize him. And he says to them, see, it is I myself. Touch me and see. And he eats fish in front of them while they're disbelieving. He gives them reassurance so that they might believe so the resurrection of Jesus gives faith to the doubting and you notice another big change in these disciples remember on on Thursday night when Jesus was arrested they all ran away they fled for their lives Peter was brave enough to go to the the courtyard of the the high priest. But even then, a servant girl says, Oh, weren't you with Jesus? I don't know him. He denied Jesus three times. And then on the, the Easter Sunday, 
we find the disciples in a locked room gathered together for fear of the Jews. And if, if I were there, I would be the same. You think, the, the, the master that we've been following for these last three years, they've crucified him. Maybe we'll be next. We better keep our heads down. Keep a low profile. They were scared. They were daunted. And yet, by the end of Luke's account, there they are, worshipping Jesus, returning to Jerusalem with great joy, and continually in the temple blessing God, no longer cooped up in a locked room for fear of the Jews. They're in the temple praising God. And a couple of chapters later in Luke's account, when we get to the Acts of the Apostles, you see them on the streets preaching that Jesus is alive. And these disciples, they, they get arrested, they get flogged, they, they get warned, don't you talk about this Jesus. Some of them are even killed for following Jesus, for speaking about Jesus. But no one can shut them up. These disciples that were terrified that were daunted when they meet the risen Lord Jesus, they're given courage. The resurrection gives courage to the daunted. And of course, Jesus uh, eventually sends this, this promise of his father as it, it, it's described in, uh, as he describes him in verse 49. Uh, stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit comes to be with the disciples, to empower them. What difference does the resurrection bring? Joy to the depressed. Hope to the despairing. Faith to the doubting. And courage to the daunted. In the Heidelberg Catechism, it says, What does the resurrection of Christ profit us? How does it benefit us? And this is the answer. First, by his resurrection, he has overcome death, that he might make us partakers of that righteousness which he had purchased for us by his death. He's defeated death, and that means we can have his righteousness. Secondly, we are also, by his power, raised up to a new life. We have new life because of the resurrection. Thirdly, the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge of our blessed resurrection. We were reminded this morning from 1 Corinthians 15 that because Jesus was raised we know that we will be raised. If Jesus was not raised, Paul says, our faith is futile and we are still in our sins. But Jesus was raised, which means our faith is not futile and we are no longer in our sins. The great reformer John Calvin says, the resurrection of Christ is the most important article of our faith. 
Peter in his first letter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. One commentator said that the resurrection is not merely a doctrine to be affirmed intellectually. It is the resounding affirmation that Jesus reigns over all. And the power that raised him from the dead is the Christian's power for living the Christian life on earth. And the assurance of eternal life in heaven. Because Jesus is raised, we have power to live now as Christians and we have assurance of eternal life to come Uh, the, the commentator goes on because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ we too can have victory over sin and death and anticipate our own resurrection to eternal life with God you can understand why Paul in that great chapter on the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15 uh probably bursts into song as he says, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Samuel Medley writes, I know that my Redeemer lives. What joy the blessed assurance gives. He lives He lives, who once was dead. He lives, my everlasting head. What difference does the resurrection make? Jesus lives. We don't serve a dead master, a dead prophet. We follow a risen Lord. One who gives joy to the depressed, Hope to the despairing, faith to the doubting, courage to the daunted. If you don't know this peace that Jesus gives through his resurrection, I encourage you, lay hold of this peace. In a moment, we're going to be celebrating communion together, the the Lord's Supper, remembering in the the bread, his body broken for us in the, in the, the cup, his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins of many. And just like the disciples, Jesus makes himself known in the breaking of the bread we see that he's not a mere prophet. He's not just a man. He is the Christ who suffered and died and was raised so that we might have forgiveness of sins. He is the one who draws near and says, Peace 